I remember Lashford. He would just absolutely make a mockery of the field. He was built to run. He was born to run. Did you ever run in a race against Roger Letchworth? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Roger was an arrogant jerk who could fly. Roger Lefort still holds the course record. You talk about a flash in the pan. Kind of looked at as aloof and kind of standoffish. When Roger could run with pure joy, he was an art form. I think he's the most talented runner that ever ran in Pinellas County. And Brett Hoffman ran in Pinellas County, so that's saying something. We're going to talk about one of the greatest and most divisive runners Florida has ever seen. Letchworth. 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 Roger Letchworth of Countryside High School is someone who, if you saw him run, was unforgettable. Now, I haven't said this before, but I ran at Seminole High School in the mid-1980s. So you can say that I ran with Letchworth. That would not be the truth because after about the first 50 yards of any race that we were in together, I never saw him again. I can tell you this, even though I never talked to him, I read about him plenty then and now. He was amazing, specifically in the 1986 cross-country season, but also in track, which we'll talk about some in this episode and also in later episodes. He set course records at Lado, Winter Haven, Countryside, the Bullfrog Creek Invitational, the University of Florida Invitational, and by 18 seconds, Crescent Lake in St. Pete. There are some course records kind of in dispute, another thing we'll get into, but no matter all those specifics, Letchworth was, as I said before, unforgettable. His lung capacity was legendary. He would get up at 4.30 in the morning, running six, eight miles, then we'd have practice in the afternoon. He just souped it up. Here's one memory of one of those Letchworth records from Dan Lucas. I remember our meet, the Leto Invitational. Letchworth ran right around 14 minutes on our course which was three miles. It was a 5K, but 14 minutes for three miles is still pretty amazing. I watched this because I ran in the JV race. I knew how good our varsity team was, and we weren't even close. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. He was not afraid to say what was on his mind, and he didn't look like your average cross-country runner. Here's Lance Van Auken, formerly of the Clearwater Sun. I always found him good to talk to, didn't care whether he had long hair, that kind of thing. He was a good story. This was the MTV generation, but Roger Letchworth liked music from the era before music videos. He was into Jim Morrison and The Doors, like really into them. One of his races, it was at Clearwater High School. He mentioned to me something about playing a door song in my car at one of the turns. It might have been like my fire for some reason. It just sticks in my head. But I had that song cranked. Every time he came close to that corner of the track and I would crank it so he can hear it. And it was just kind of a thing between the two of us, sort of like a lark just to pump him up to see if it just can kick him into another gear. That was Roger's friend, Craig Florio. 
Several people who knew him then, including his coach at South Florida, Bob Brayman, say that for Roger, music was more of a passion than running was. Regarding some of the things Roger said to peers and to reporters, well, after one race, he said it was boring when he won easily. Nowadays, we might say that Roger had no filter. Florio said the quotes Roger gave to the media were calculated, a way to get into the heads of others. He definitely was in people's heads. I remember a guy who had a reputation that was fearsome. I don't know that he intimidated them, but he definitely rubbed some people the wrong way. He'd call you out. He'd tell you you were weak. Largo's Chris Palmer might have the most apt comparison. Roger would alienate you pretty quickly because he was considered cocky and arrogant. He was considered kind of a Conor McGregor of that time period. He'd tell you he's going to kick your ass. That stuff, it was the opposite of what we grew up with. Coach Haley was all about being humble and being respectful to people. It's hard when you've got somebody who's kind of in your face until you realize that one of the reasons why people are sometimes like that is because they're not entirely confident about who they are. And that's what Roger was. Another runner who has recall of that time is Jeremy Duplissy. Duplissy is now a standout coach in the state of Washington. The way Duplissy explains it, some of the thoughts about Roger stemmed from how the coaches at other schools got along with countryside coach Jim Thurston. We didn't, as a team, mainly because of Coach Thurston, didn't have a, a favorable impression of Coach Ennis or Coach Haley. There was a animosity. I don't, still don't know where it was from. It later turned me against my Coach Thurston because I thought it was ridiculous to have that animosity. That being said, there was also animosity towards our top runner, Roger Letchworth. He wasn't the typical cross-country kid. He wasn't an AP student. He was a, a rebel, uh, a Jim Morrison lookalike. He dressed differently. He listened to different music. You know, he was a, a kid that you wouldn't expect to be a cross-country kid. He wasn't a clean-cut at all. And if you know Coach Haley and Coach Ennis, they had clean-cut teams. Now, I can't pass on all the stories I have about Roger Letchworth. But here's one that demonstrates his drive to run and the high mileage he was doing. This is Craig Florio, who moved to Roger's cul-de-sac on Buckeye Court in the summer of 1986. When I first get the idea of his prowess, Neil, was when we were just becoming friends, he would run in the morning before school. And then, of course, he would run at practice. And then his favorite time was the run at night. You know, in the evening, he did everything at night. We both did. We were just born from a different uh, era, we always said. You know, we were like old poet souls where we would stay up to ungodly hours writing poetry and just talking about music and stuff. So when he would go on his runs, I, of course, could not fathom keeping up with him. So I would grab the bicycle, right? One night, probably after knowing him, say, six months, we started to go out 11 o'clock-ish, say. This is a school night as well. And I'm on the bicycle and he's jogging. And we're just talking about music and cars and girls and, you know, everything that 17-year-old kid would conjure up in his head. As we're going, the whole time, he's, he's carrying on a full-throated conversation as if he's sitting on a couch. And we got to a point, Neil, where it felt to me it was a long time going in one direction. And I was like, bro, how far are we out, you know? And he said about seven, eight miles. At that point, I did the quick math and I said, that means we have to go back eight miles to the house because I was physically getting tired from just the bike ride. He's jogging next to me the whole time and without blinking, he was just like, yeah. So we stopped 
and we turned around that night he clocked in somewhere between 14 and 16 miles carrying like i said a full-on conversation there was no huffing and puffing like anyone else would do you know and about to pass out as if he just started the whole time and that's when i knew he was a, a special breed of of athlete for sure it is logical when you hear about all the amazing stuff that one guy did your natural question is and then what where did roger go Roger graduated from Countryside in June 1987. By November of 1987, he ran what is, as best anyone can tell, his last competitive race. Just 13 months after setting seven course records in one blistering cross-country season, Roger Letchworth was done, never to be heard from again as a runner. He left the University of South Florida after one semester. His college teammates and roommates say that smoking pot and abuse of alcohol basically cost him a spot on the roster of Coach Brayman's team. Because I knew the guy intimately, and he was just a complete and utter screw-up. Whereas, you know, from a running perspective, he had so much potential, it was absolutely insane. That was USF teammate Bill Mantooth, who ran at Pinellas Park High and spent lots of time with Roger. Roger was less interested in being a cross-country runner in college. Bill Mantooth knew it. Another teammate, Dror Vaknin, knew it. Bob Brayman knew it. The fuse was burned out. Duplissy, one of his teammates at Countryside, knew it. Duplissy was a little bit younger than Roger, and when he came home for a break from Brevard College in North Carolina, he went to the park, John Chestnut Senior Park. It was then called Brooker Creek Park. It was where Countryside ran its invitational meet. He was going for a little training run and came upon a somewhat familiar face. This is my freshman year of college, and I see this long-haired fat guy, and I run by him, and I look back, it's Roger. I go, holy cow, he's walking the course, maybe reminiscing or whatever, but he's already not a runner anymore. You can tell, obviously, by looking at him. Was that the last time you saw him in person? That's the last time I saw him. We communicated on Facebook a couple of years ago, maybe a lot of years ago. I don't remember when. His Facebook name was Hercules Strong. I'm going to tell you a story next about something Roger did in his early 20s. He had a race in New York City because I'm from New Jersey and we moved back to New Jersey to try to forge a rock and roll band in 1990. And when you say we, who's we? Me and him. You and Roger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we lived in Hawthorne, New Jersey, which is in Passaic County, probably a half hour from where I grew up. There was a, a friend of mine that I knew from high school who I used to play music with. I was a drummer pretty much since I can remember, eight years old. And Roger was a, how can I put it, a budding quasi-singer. <laughs> At the time, lyrically, he was great and our songs were great. Vocally, he wasn't the best, but we always thought that he can work his way through that. We actually had the band with the guitar player that I grew up with and he had a bass player. I was the drummer and then Roger was going to be the lead singer. And we played a small club in uh, Greenwich Village, New York City that one time. And that was our claim to fame. That's about as far as we've got success wise. <laughs> to say that we played New York City was quite an achievement for two, you know. 21-year-olds. Between that stint as a singer and about age 35, we don't know much about the life of Roger Letchworth. He did get into bodybuilding. He became a well-muscled guy, to say the least. In his mid-30s, he was convicted of felony insurance fraud and ordered to pay more than $80,000 in restitution. He was in a long-term relationship with a woman who had a young son. That son was named Christopher. Roger was, by all accounts, a good dad to Christopher. Roger Letchworth died at the age of 50, and we don't know the cause of death. 
but he was not sick. It was sudden and shocking to those who knew him. That was in February 2019. Roger's longtime partner never did, by phone, answer questions for the podcast, even though we texted for more than a year. Roger's brother did the same, sharing photos and good memories of Roger by text before declining to be interviewed. As I said, Roger rubbed some people the wrong way, and those who didn't think highly of the high school version of Roger will point to that insurance fraud and say, I told you so, or it figures. There are two things that defenders and detractors of Roger Letchworth can all agree on. He was an incredible runner, and he died too soon. Here again is Chris Palmer. Roger Letchworth was arguably the most talented runner ever to come out of Florida. You might be able to argue Basil McGee. You might be able to argue Keith Brantley. But in terms of just pure, pure talent, Roger was phenomenal in his own category. He was running 31-minute 10Ks. 31-minute 10Ks, which is you know two 15-35Ks. I mean, to run a 15-35K in high school is great. It's great. So it's 15-minute, three-mile. He was doing two of those back-to-back while he's in high school. He had a national age group record for 16-year-olds for Gasparilla. He's truly, truly phenomenal. And then I'm going to leave you with this clip from Roger's friend, Largo's Rodney Boatwright. And one thing I wanted to let you know about Roger. Yeah, sure. Um, the last couple times I talked to him, he always asked about Coach Haley. Um, and he always wanted to know how Coach Haley because he would show me, uh, you know, we would look at a book with all of his clippings in it, and he showed me all the time. So we sat down and we went through those. And uh, he was always worried about how Coach Haley looked at him. And he wanted to talk to Coach Haley. And I I called Coach Haley and I said, uh, uh, Roger would like to speak to you. And I think he mentioned one time where Roger... He didn't think Roger finished a course or something and he got a course record or something. I don't know. But I think Roger really wanted to get Coach Haley's approval. And he wanted to talk to him because every time we talked about it, things about Ron, he would always ask about Coach Haley as if Coach Haley was his coach, you know? So when you said that Countryside uh, didn't respect Largo, they might have put that image out there, but uh, the way Roger talks, I think Roger would have loved to have ran for Coach Haley. And he was just in a different school zone, so, you know. And he made uh, Countryside Cross Country a great team, so, you know, he wasn't worried about what his coach was thinking of. He always asked about Coach Haley. I'm like, did you run for Largo? Well, you know, he just wanted Coach Haley to pat him on the back at least once. I guess he would it would have made his life a lot, you know, made him, made the way he thought about Largo a little bit different, that's all. There was a lot to take in in that clip from Rodney Boatwright, but did you listen closely and catch the part about not finishing a course and getting a course record, it's yet another confounding part of the legend of Roger Letchworth. Details of that race Boatwright is referring to have not been previously reported, at least not accurately, in Florida newspapers. So it's worth taking a road trip north to go in-depth about a storied race on the next episode of All the Miles Mattered. I said, what happened? He said, all of a sudden, he made a left turn and he disappeared. 
That was somewhere in the back hills of Van Cortland Park. <laughs> 